Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. We are looking at the core values of our church, Sagemont Church, Houston, Texas. On September the 9th, we had the privilege to dedicate this new facility to the Lord. We are so blessed with so many of you that are here for the first time. We sure hope you have a good experience. Our core values are pictured in the beautiful 44-foot mural out in the foyer. Last week we talked about the first one, and we encourage you to go by the bookstore and pick it up if you missed it. Or you may want to wait till the series is over and pick up the entire series. But the first core value of Sagemont Church is that we'll love God. That we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul. He has preeminence. We make changes in our plans sometimes to honor and glorify Him. That is the reason that we have those few quiet moments in the beginning of a service. And we just stop and we're still and nobody's moving in the building. And we recognize his presence because he promised to be here. We're two or more gathered in my name. I will be in the midst. We try to do everything in word or deed to the glory of God. We unashamedly believe the Lord. He is God. Today, we go to number two. Each one matters. Each one matters. The acrostic is leaders, L-E-A-D-E-R-S. L, love God. E, each one matters. I want you to listen carefully today to the scripture This is one of those scriptures that is so clear that the translation from the Greek to the English was so easy that it specifically explains something that even a child can understand. In the next worship service, we will see six or seven baptized. I believe it's six. One is 74 years old. Two are 31 years old, a husband and wife. Another is a 27-year-old single adult. Another is a 15-year-old teenager. And the other one is a 6-year-old child. Everybody matters. The old, the young, the single, the married. Everybody matters. Each one matters. But each one of those can understand the text of the morning. So I want you, out of respect to the Word of God, to stand with me. I will read to you from Matthew chapter 25. I want to read from verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed you? Or thirsty, 
and gave you drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when saw we you sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Without reading the next six verses, listen to the introduction of them. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed and everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. He goes right through those same things and says, If each one matters, this is your life. If they didn't, this is your life. If this is true that each one matters... You can now enter to the joy of the Lord. If it did not, then you spend eternity with the devil and his angels. Very clear, very clear, very powerful, and very anointed by the Holy Spirit. Would you be seated? Every time we get together to meet, we are welcome to look out and see many, many people, if not all the people we look at, that are on a search for God's will and God's purpose and God's place for their life. There is something that is within us that craves to know our Creator. Those of you that are adopted children know that at some point in time it pops up in your life that you would like to maybe know the blood father or the, your mother. And you begin to ask questions because you want to know something about that relationship. When God created man in his own image, man has always had a yearning to know God, everyone everyone. You will go nowhere on earth where there's not some form of worship. You will not go anywhere where there's not some way that man is trying to get in touch with the higher being they might call it, or as we call it today, God. When you look at a church, it is the body of Christ. It is the bride of Christ. As the bride of Christ, like husband and wife, what does the Bible say? The two shall become one. When you look at a church, if it says we're a Christian church, then it's saying we are the bride of Christ. If it says we're the bride of Christ, then the, what, who he is, that's who we're to be in this life. And when you look around and you don't see in the organized group Anything that even resembles God, you begin to question, and I think rightfully so. Where God has said, my great commandment is to love me with all of your heart, he has said, and the second is like unto it. And that is to love one another, or to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, God came to save the whole world. Yes, God loves the whole world. 
Yes, God says, reach out to the whole world. But it also says, you matter. Each of us matter. We like to pray for all rather than sometimes specifically for this one. Each one matters. It is true that if God would have chose to do so and there would have just been one of any of us that God had created for the purpose of fellowshipping with him, God would have sent his only son to die on a cross that we could have life everlasting. When you love people, you don't want to give them, I mean, you don't give them what they want. You give them what they need. God so loved the world, the world says, well, we want more money. We want to live forever. He said, no, what you need is a Savior. And I'm going to send my only begotten Son because if you get things right with the Savior and seek first the kingdom of God, and the only way you're going to know the kingdom of God is through Jesus Christ, then all of these other things shall be added unto you. When you love somebody, you give them what they need, not what they want. I often find myself in the quiet place praying for Dr. Jim Hastings and the Helping Hands Ministry and for Sally and those that work with him. This man is bombarded in his organization every week by people that have wants. And it's very difficult sometimes to tell a person that, no, our church is not going to help you stay in debt. What you need to do is get out of debt. That we're not going to keep you living on dependency all of your life. We're going to try to help you to be what God created you to be. And God wants to directly meet your needs if you will just let us help you through these times. If your people, if your best friends help you get in debt, you don't need any enemies. Let me just put it that way, okay? If you say, I've got a good friend, he'll just co-sign for me anything I want. Well, may God have mercy on you if you live very long. And by the way, on him as well. We don't reach out at Sagemont for a particular group. There are certain churches that have certain people they're trying to reach, and that's okay for them. You can go to the West Coast, and they have a Saddleback Sam. You can go to Chicago, and they've got a Hurried Harry or something up there. I forget what that one is. But anyway, it's a young business uh, tycoon that they're looking for, and they're trying to reach out. That. That's great, because they need to be reached. But we don't have that kind of thing here. Our deal is whosoever will may come. Our deal is each person matters. Our deal is this is not a, a Caucasian, white, upper middle class uh, uh, political group. We're the body of Christ. Everybody matters. Each one matters. You matter. If you would come and walk with us for just a few hours one day, if you're a guest today, I want you to just hear, and this is not conclusive. Sagemont Church, one of the most exciting groups we have is called Promised Land. It's special needs, children and adults. It's one of the happiest places in this church and one of the best equipped facilities. The physically impaired, 
Many of you don't know this. Right now we have several here in wheelchairs, and I hope they all know it. We sure try to tell them, but there are places in this building where they can pull up their wheelchair, and they see everything on this screen. If you stand up in front of them, they see it on a computer. All across this building, they matter. Everything in this building is and we were thinking about them. We were hoping they would come. Some of the reason this space is left down here is as the, as the group grows that they will be taken care of. The Helping Hands ministry reaches out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on a continual basis, not just the members of Sagemont Church. Each one matters. But they do so in a way that honors God and blesses the people rather than allowing the people to continue to be deceived by Satan year after year and decade after decade. We have numerous support groups in our church, numerous groups. Divorce recovery, those that have aged parents, those that have anger. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We have mission trips around the world that our people go on to the uttermost parts of the world while supporting 192 uh, nations of the world with our gifts on Sunday morning. We have Last year, 2018 was the number that went to Houston and to the uttermost part of the world. Our children's ministries are unbelievable. 1,777 of them last Sunday from every single background. We have Awanas, Crosswalk, Hang Time, AAA, Play School, yes, baby dedication and Mother's Day prayer when we see so many of those that the doctors say, you can't get pregnant, and God says, I'm the great physician. I can do what you can't do. And we see them every year become pregnant. Not all, but a bunch of them. That's up to God. We have as fine a counseling center as you'd find anywhere, any place, and it is open to whosoever will to come. It's just next door here on Hughes Road. We have Mission Dignity, where we support 160 ministers or their widows that have been in the ministry 25 years or more. And in those 25 years or more, uh, they have pastored, retired, most of them, well, all of them, don't make $200 a month. And we try to help them. Let me just read you a letter. We're so grateful for the financial assistance we've been given over the years. My husband has not been able to preach for many years. However, God's been good to us over the 12 years since we retired. The money that Sagemont sends us each month over this time has been a great help. As you know, the inflated, the inflated price of gas can become a real problem to those of us on a fixed income. Please somehow express our gratitude to the members of the Sagemont Church family. Everybody matters. Everybody matters. We have an incredible number of you that are in the hospital ministry. We have another large group that minister to those in time of death. Community service. Not only y'all come here, but we'll go there. In recent months, we've had the 77089 redoing two of our junior high schools, doing an extreme makeover on their campuses. We've had the effect down in the third ward our ladies' ministry for years have tried to put teachers' lounges in our schools where the teachers would know they're loved and appreciated and they're deserving of the best. Our combat Marines uh, outdoors is going to gather on one of our members' ranches here in a, in a few days, two busloads coming in from the medical hospitals, 
that have been wounded in battle to enjoy a day when we got our banjo band, which is the best in the world, going up to be with them. We're going to bus them there to George West, Texas, and they're going to play the banjo, and these soldiers are going to be loved on, and Joe's Barbecue over here in Alvin is going to provide the food, and we're going to have a holy hoot nanny, and those guys can just shoot up in the air all they want to shoot and have a good time. That is part of what Sagemont does. And thank God for all of those from... The, from the Mann family to people like Chuck that have such a passion for this, our women's ministry, our men's ministry, Mida Joy and Mike Barber and, and Bum Phillips and all the stuff you do, buddy. And, man, you do it 24 hours a day. He starts doing stuff before I even wake up in the morning sometimes. But what a great ministry, the ladies' ministry, our library, our bookstore, numerous Bible studies all during the week. All, all morning, into the evening, during the week, precepts, women aglow, the Bible study fellowship, the men's Tuesday morning and, and evening Bible study, Saturday morning Bible study, the prison ministry, the TV ministry, the radio ministry, the financial freedom ministry, the center for the arts, the pet ministry. Now, we don't take care of pets. <laughs> but we're training those pets to minister to people. And they're some of the best ministers you've ever been around, I'll guarantee you. I mean, they'll love you unconditionally. You know, they don't care. They just take you like you are. Our senior adult living ministry, our crisis pregnancy center, our downtown mission centers from our Union Baptist Association. When Hurricane Tr Katrina came, hundreds of people came over from Louisiana. Many of you are still here. You just stayed with us, and we're so grateful. Well, I could go on and on, but here's what I'm telling you. This church believes that everybody, each one matters and when we learn of something and there's a passion of leadership we don't just start something and say dear God send us leaders we have people that come and says I've got a passion for this but we'll support it we want to get in on it that's the reason that we have things like the hell fighters sitting right over here these colorful uh, folks that sit here every Sunday and we had a reporter here two weeks ago and they captured his attention they said oh uh, you know, all of us were all decked out in black and brown and, you know, all the holy colors. And look at all that red bunch sitting right there in red and black. And uh, that's the kind of church that we have. Let me read you one other thing. Brother John, a few years ago when I found myself faced with cancer, no health insurance, our church graciously helped us with medical expenses. I'm now in a position to give it back so that the next person in need can experience the love and compassion that I did. I am forever grateful to the Lord and Sage My Church. And there was a check enclosed in that card. There was a total return years later. Years later. We don't loan money. We give money. But this person said, God bless me. I want to help somebody else. That's what Christianity is, folks. Each one matters. And when you receive the blessing, then you can be the blessing. And if you've ever been on both sides, you know it's more blessed to than it is to receive. You betcha it is. The church needs to look out with tearful eyes to a hurting world and honestly say, we'll do what we can to help you. We're not the social services. That's not the main thing. That is a means to an end. The, me the, the means to the end the means is temporary. The end is eternal. No more suffering. No more death. Former things are passed away. 
One day we'll see Jesus just as he is. You know, the utopian experience a lot of people to live on an island. It hadn't been too, too long ago. I remember one Saturday morning, I was up watching television, and, and uh, there was a, a blip came on, uh, and they were giving away an island. I don't know if y'all saw that or not, but you could sign up and win an island. How would you like to have your own island? I said, man, that sounds good, you know, at least for one day a year. But they were giving away an island. There was a contest somewhere, I don't know where it was, but South Pacific or somewhere. It might have been up in Greenland. I don't know. But anyway, there was an island. <laughs> we live close to an island. The island is called Galveston Island. Galveston Island in 1900 was hit with a storm. The 9,000 people were killed. You know the reason so many people were killed in 1900? Because they couldn't get off the island. There was no way for them to get off the island. See, we have a lot of people today that are living on an island. Some of them, their island's no bigger than themselves. Some of them, it's their family. Some of them, it is a culture. And they're out there on an island, but when the storms of life that are raging began to flood the island, they can't get off the island because there's been no way that they know about that they can come off of the island. Now, I'll get back to that in a minute, but let me just reverse that and tell you a lot of churches are islands. A lot of churches have separated themselves from everything else, and they're we four no more. There are many churches today, the overwhelming majority of churches today, if any one guest shows up, they will be looked at as if they were a freak from a circus. Why are you here? You didn't marry into our family that started this church. We don't have visitors here. We don't have guests here. And if we do, we're very suspicious of you. Because, see, we have a, an island. And our island focuses on programs. Our island focuses on taking care of one another, the occupants of the island, if you please. And we build walls of protection from the world. And in a day when everybody that names the name of Jesus needs to be praying and serving and giving, they're content to leave their island only to go to another island that they call their church. We come on our islands, the churches do, and we have a common question. How are you doing today? How are you doing today? We all have a common answer. Just fine. Just fine. I'm just fine. Not true, but I know the answer. Because you really don't care how I'm feeling. You know? How are you doing today? Well, I just, you know, my wife had a car wreck. My baby is sick. The doctor says, I, terminal, I have a terminal illness. Well, that's good. That's good. It's good. You know, I'm just glad to see you at church today. We're just so happy to have you here. Is it any wonder that when Rick Warren wrote the book, Purpose Driven Life, it sold a lot of, book, lot of uh, copies before anybody ever read it? Why? Because of the title, The Purpose Driven Life. 
People are wanting to find purpose. Now, people that read it were not disappointed, and that book has sold by tens of millions and been in many languages. But why? Because our world can't find its purpose, and that's terrible, but it's what, what's more terrible is when a church can't find its purpose. Our purpose is to love God and love one another to start with. You'll get the rest of it later. But when, when one realizes on the island, let me tell you what happens. Have you ever been on an island? Can, I'm going to give you a little brief. It'll save you a whole lot of steps. If you ever get on an island, walk any direction you want to, and then you stop and start walking in a circle. Now, you'll get that when you get home, but just trust me. When you go out on an island, you can go any direction, and you hit the shoreline, and then you start walking. The shoreline. <laughs> I think I've seen this sand dune before. You have. Churches that are on an island just go in circles. They just go in circles. I heard an old preacher say uh, about oh, 10 or 15 years ago, talking about his church in one of our pastors' meeting. he says, if our civilization ever returns to the 1950s, our church is prepared to reach the world. <laughs> and we have a lot of people that want to go back to the 50s and the 40s or whenever. And the Bible says every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. We're on a journey. We're not going in circles. Not at all. But when you realize that you can't go anywhere on an island and you're just going in circles and there's a big world out there that needs to be touched, they look for ways to connect to the mainland. And in the midst of their dilemma, somebody comes up with a brilliant, well-thought-out idea. How do you get off of the island? You build a bridge. Whoa, that's a clever idea. I wonder who came up with that idea. Build a bridge. Well, now somebody might come up with another idea like build a cross. Because you see, a lot of people don't come in the island. But they drive by the island. I mean, they drive down their island, which is called Beltway 8. And so you put a cross out there where they are. And the first thing you know, they take that cross, and it's a bridge to come in here. And there'll be a bunch of people in here today because of that bridge right there. Of course, when you build a bridge, they cost money, don't they? That's what Galveston did. Do you know that? They came up with an idea. They built a causeway, and then the causeway was too small, so they built another causeway, and the last causeway cost over $150 million dollars. So that the next hurricane will not be like the last one in vacating that island. But it costs money. It costs money. It costs money to reach people in need. Missions and benevolences make up a large part of our church's budget. Our expansion, everything we do, we think about. Missions, each one matters. Benevolence, reaching people. Some things aren't very spiritual, like parking lots. That is not a very spiritual deal. But I can tell you, in the last two Sundays, at 9.30, there's not been one parking space available on this property. The last two Sundays, 9.30, not a one. And uh, that creates a, a challenge. Because, you see, if you can't park them, you can't get them in. Parking lots cost money. You say, oh, I was afraid I might hear something like that. No, don't worry about it. God will take care of the need. 
with or without you and with or without me. I hear people today talking about, why are we spending all that money out there, you know, with our troops? They're out there, you know, and we got all this need and welfare here in our United States. So why do we do that? I wonder if anybody ever thinks, if, if, the, if it ever crosses their mind, you say, we could use that money for health care. Yeah, or we could use that money to put together wounded soldiers to repair all that'll be blown apart in this country, like the World Trade Centers that'll spread, and we see happen in America what's happening in other parts of the world. Yeah, we can use that money on something else, and that's to rebuild this nation after the enemy attacks and tears it all to pieces. See, that sounds holy. The sad thing is the people that come up with that idea, they don't pay for bridges, not any kind of bridge. They just want to criticize. They just want to look and find something that they can stand against because they were just born in the negative and never got out of it. But here's the point, folks. Whenever you build a bridge, there's a problem. You can leave your island, but folks will use the same bridge to come onto your island. Did you know that Houston now is the most diversified city in America? People come in here from everywhere. If you're here in the next service, we'll be translating in Vietnamese. We'll be translating in Spanish. Today, there is hundreds of Hispanic people here. I am so thrilled. I am so happy. Let me tell you what the Hispanic people are talking about me. Each one matters. Everyone matters. Listen, they love their families. They love their families. We're baptizing three and four generations. You know why? Because when one of them gets saved, each one in their family matters. And they go get them. And they bring them in. And they are welcome here. I will tell you in 10 years there will be a service in this auditorium that will be packed with Hispanic people. That's one of our services. I hope we'll have 10, 15, 20 a week. From people all over the world. But people matter to God. You go get them and let them use the bridge to come and serve the Lord with us. Jesus was our example. Remember one day he was going over to a pastor's conference. He was a keynote speaker. And he was walking down the road and there's a little bitty old short fellow named Zacchaeus. And Jesus looked up at the little guy and he said, I'm going over to your house today. You need to send a text over to your wife, find out if she's got anything. And because uh, I'm canceling this meeting with the big shots, I'm coming over to your house because you need me and I need you. Do you remember that, that other time when Jesus was walking, organized meeting, and a lady reached out and touched him? He stopped. The guy said, come on, come on, we're running late, we're running late. He said, hold on, hold on, somebody touched me. The only reason they touch me, they have a need. My spirit says they have a need. Why does anybody ever come to a church? Because they have a need. Well, what are we to do? My God shall supply all the needs. Yes, and this is the body of Christ. This is where the needs are supplied. With the primary need being salvation by grace through faith. You remember the 90 and 9? The sheep? 90 and 9 were safe in the fold, but there was one. Go get them. Go get them.
whenever the woman was at the well. Jesus, we've walked a long way. There's a McDonald's here. We can go have lunch. Get you a happy meal. Jesus said, y'all go eat the hamburgers. I'm going to stay here. And there was a lady that came. She'd been married five times. We're living with her sixth man. And he reached out and loved her and changed her life. Everyone matters. Jesus sets the example. Special needs, special ministries. Unusual situations, unusual church. Well, I've never seen it like this. Oh, yes, the church in the New Testament was this way. And that's the reason that their criticism was, you're turning the world upside down. You're turning the world upside down. Well, it's difficult to become one that prays and serves and gives. We have unique personalities. We have an endless variety of emotions. We have different social makeups, spiritual makeups. And when you start talking about obedience, sacrifice, serving, giving, discipline, people start dropping out. But if people are just taught to only live better but not serve, once you equip people to serve better, I mean to live better or tell them how to live better, then you need to give them an opportunity to serve because everybody matters. We must move everybody in the church from being served to serving, from finding community in the church to impacting the community outside the church, from retreating from the world to influencing the world or from isolation to engagement. I heard a man say the other day that he was in a church service and he said every time they stand to sing the invitation, I leave because I've already been saved. That's typical thinking of the modern day church. We four no more. I got mine, you do yours. And I'm sorry that I'm disturbing you and getting yours, but you don't really matter to me. Everybody matters. I believe every time I preach, there are people that hear me that are hearing their last sermon when the Holy Spirit's gonna convict them of their sin. I just think there's that many people involved. And by the way, you can't get saved when you want to get saved. You get saved when the Holy Spirit decides to save you because he's got to convict you of your sin and tell you he loves you anyway. That's when you come, not you choose the day. Everybody matters. I cannot think of a more traumatic transition than Moses. Who am I? that I should bring forth the ch children of Israel out of Egypt. Man, that dude was 80 years old. You're going to put me in charge of that bunch? That's not my deal. I mean, they got funny music, you know. They have funny things they do. I'm not going to lead them. Well, how about Gideon? Remember that guy? 
He's out there minding his business. He's on the job working 12 hours a day with his hand. And God sends an angel and says, Hail thy mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. And you know what Gideon said? Look at it. It's over in the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 11. He said, Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know, I thought if I didn't come to church, you'd leave me alone. You know, now you're out here on the job. <laughs> he says, I want you to be the general. I want you to be in the military. He said, well, I've always wanted to be a general. He said, good. You know, I got 33,000 for you or so, 32,000. He said, I got them for you. So he goes out, if you remember what happened. That, that mighty army, you know, he said <clears throat> to them, you know, you drink water. And uh, if you drink it one way, then you're going to stay. If you drink it another way, you're going to go. And. 10,000 of them left. And he goes from a general to a lieutenant. The Lord says, now, just tell everybody else that's afraid to go into battle and they don't want to serve to hook them. We'll get along without them. So get out and make one of those announcements. So he got up and made an announcement. We're going to go into battle. And, but if you've got things to do that are more important, going back home, and you remember all but 300 left. So Private Gideon looked at those 300. He said, well, you know, go by and pick up your weapons. We got the latest stuff, you know. We got pots and lights, and we're going to give everybody a trumpet. You don't have to play it. Just know how to make it toot. <laughs> and Gideon just shaking his head. I didn't know I had to serve. In fact, here's what he said. He said, woe is me. I am undone. That's in verse 5. Where Isaiah speaks. He says, here am I, send me. Ezekiel said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap, but I found none. We've got to go. But here's what we're going to go, thinking each one matters. Our church is going to do everything we can when you bring a guest here to make that guest know they're special, because they are special. They're special to God, and they're special to us. The one thing that people say that come to Sagemont above all else was, I've never met people that were so friendly. From the time I got out of the parking lot until right now, talking to you on the phone, I've never seen such a friendly people. Everybody matters. Not the rich, not the poor, both and everybody in between. The healthy and the unhealthy, the young and the old. And our church, in everything we do, we try to keep that in mind. Each one matters to God. 3,800 people groups on the face of the earth. As far as we know, there's not one Christian in, the, in any of the groups. These are 50,000 people or more in each group. Our challenge that's before us is to get the gospel to them one time. That everybody can hear. And the Bible says... That will happen before Jesus comes again. We've got a lot of ways to consider, but the main thing is we got to go to the uttermost parts of the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've committed unto you, and lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.